0: Music sucks and I want to die. My name's Jake. I'm Matt. And we're now taking a long farewell look at the year that has preceded us, and that is the wonderful 2020, where my career, your career, have been both systematically been dismantled in every single way, essentially.
1: If ever there was a year that lived up to our podcast name, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) This was it. Actually,
0: this is interestingly fortuitous. We started this like two months. It's uh, a go left in 2019. Oh,
1: that's true. That's true.
0: So, did we bring this on, really? Probably. <sighs> anyway, so we're going to take kind of a look <sighs> at our lives in 2020, musically, how that was affected, how, what we did about it. And also, we're going to take a look at the, some albums yes, that came out in 2020. Yes. I
1: um, think let's start with that. So, yes. we are going to look at the most critically acclaimed album of 2020 mm-hmm. and the best selling album of 2020. Gotcha. Which. Are both pop albums? If you oh didn't. my god! No. All right, get Those out. Two well, albums.
0: Yeah. First, uh, oh, yeah? how did they? How did they met? How did we measure this? Do you know? I didn't look it up. at so, all. So, uh, the
1: most critically acclaimed album yep. is Fiona Apple's "Fetch the Bolt Cutters," Word. which, according to Metacritic. Which goes around and mm-hmm. takes all the different reviews and, and puts together. It's like aggregate. a rotten tomatoes is, is. of it everything. It got a yeah. 98 out of 100 Whoa, on Metacritic. Really? Mm-hmm. Talk about that more. I, I, yeah. And the best-selling album is Taylor Swift's Folklore. Yeah, big fucking surprise. Which, according to Billboard, is just by yeah. pure numbers. Yeah, which I do believe now uh, counts like digital and everything. But um, yeah, of course, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So we're going to talk about those two albums and what that means. For the you know face of music and in twenty twenty <laughs> and what's going to happen as we move on and um so let's start with Fetch the Bolt Cutters sure um I this album was dropped in April yep um and I remember when it came out and everyone was freaking out and they're like this is the best album blah blah blah, blah. very timely um, yeah it says here uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters was met with universal acclaim with many critics deeming it an instant classic a masterpiece and Apple's best work to date. Uh, 98 out of 100, based on 20 reviews, making it the second highest rated album on Metacritic. Impressive. Um, and then the album was also awarded Pitchfork's first perfect score for a new album since Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy in 2010. Interesting. Yes. Um, I believe also The Needle Drop. Yeah. I don't forget his rating system, but he also... It, it was, was, it there. was like yeah. the perfect or whatever he does. Yeah. It would be a 10 on scroofies. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I want to say like right out the gate, I totally understand why it's getting such high ratings in general. It's
1: because people are idiot. Well, yeah, you know I mean? <laughs>
0: um, I, I guess first let's get the first impressions out of the way. I yeah. definitely did not hate this album at all. No, I, I uh, actually kind of liked it in a lot of spots mm-hmm.
1: and, um, I thought it was pretty cool overall. I think it was a very solid album. Um, Really good album. I it reminded me, um This is why I want to talk about both at the same time. Mm -hmm. This and the Taylor Swift both reminded me of music I was into in 2015. Totally. Yeah, like five, uh, six years ago. Or like just like in high school and call early college and stuff. Um and to me, I think that's why I didn't maybe have as much of an impact on me. Like this album specifically, because I appreciate well let's so basically, this <laughs> album—I'm sure most people have heard it because we're behind the times—but like, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, it's pretty experimental. It's pop, but it's very percussive. There's some weird, like, off-kilter melodies. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, texturally, s- s- strange uh,
0: tempo changes. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's um, it's really cool because it's still very much like pop music. Mm-hmm. Very easy to grab onto, but it's not verse-chorus-verse kind of shit. It's it's all over the place, and like, especially, I think her vocal performance is really good. Totally. On his overall, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, just her delivery on the whole thing is really great. Mm-hmm. She, she really sells you on the fact
0: that she actually cares about what she's talking about.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, I agree. Um, and it's really cool. I think, I think maybe my like hesitation on why I'm not like, oh, it's a perfect. Te-. I mean, saying it's the uh, the first perfect score since Kanye West, "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy," and I don't want to get into another Kanye West <laughs> thing yeah. here. To me, that album was sort of like. Well, that's just like, hip-hop totally just reached a new point. Sure. Like, yeah. Very genre-defining. Yes. Yeah. This, to me, I'm like, again, like I said, it reminds me of shit from high school. Yeah. I hate to keep jerking her off, but Matana Roberts yeah. does it <laughs> way... <I>,
0: dude, okay. <laughs> I literally, the only thing I think of for, like, four of these songs was Matana Roberts. Yeah. I was, like, I was wondering if it was just my little bias no, thing going on. I was like, that... Matana, I love you, man. I it really, like... I don't know. It, it's you, like Matana without you, you, being good at saxophone. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> you talk more. I don't know. All right, I mean, all right. Like.
0: So, yeah, First Impressions, of the album, I liked it a lot, all that shit. I think the reason, the main reason why I think it's so easy to get perfect scores and all this is because it has these kind of like weird off bouncy kind of things. Like, you know, the, being very much strange percussion instruments, uh-huh. you know, someone banging on a piece yeah. of paper for your snare drum, that kind of thing, trash cans, all that kind of shit. But you managed to counterbalance that and also like the off kilter melodies and all that stuff with very strong and relatable hooks that are pretty socially conscious.
1: Yes. Um,
0: I think balancing those out with with the weirder elements, but like making it easy to grab onto in two ways, the messaging and also just the small little hooks you get thrown here and there. I think that's the recipe she found for getting her personality. I agree. Scores. That is
1: hard to do. It really is. It is. And, the balance uh, is hard well. to find. Um and as you say, lyrically, I think we'll get into like the production later, but um but things but apparently some critic was like this is the epitome of the Me Too era in music. Sure. I don't know. I'm not a I don't listen to lyrics.
0: <laughs> I <don't, laughs> well, I was,
1: I was listening to some of it. I really liked I really liked a few of the songs. Um but I do think it uh is well, it's interesting because I think she started writing it in 2015. Yeah, this is old. Yeah. yeah, and actually purposely put it out before COVID really like locked us all down. Sure. So it's kind of interesting, and I agree because people say it has this sort of like locked up. Well, I mean, it's called Cut the Bolt Cutters. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's like you're locked up and you want to escape. So it, really good timing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Several reviews I came across yeah. used the word timely. And
0: yeah, it was somewhat unintentional, I guess, but, yeah, but it's, it
1: doesn't matter. does not matter. Yeah. Um, I think it does capture, it really captured a lot of things happening this yeah. year. The I zeitgeist. Guess. Yes. Yes. Um, musically though, I still think it's like, you know, it's shit Beck was doing yeah. back oh, yeah. in high school. Yep. I don't, you know, I mean, if we're going to go pop again, like, yeah, it's different enough. I, but. I have
0: on my notes, Bon Iver question mark, question
1: mark, question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we'll get into that on the other side. Uh, but I, it's good. Maybe. I like it. It's not the, I don't know. I I don't, I'm, and the other thing I'm realizing is I don't know anything else that came out this year, really. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, I do. Oh, yeah?
0: So, there's this other album that we were going to talk about today by Taylor Swift called Folklore, and real quick, I just want to compare the lyrical content of both. Okay. So, uh, as we were just talking about, Fiona Apples is very socially conscious, and the motivation behind everything is pretty clear, and, you know, she really sells you on the fact that she's really into all this shit, and it's great. Um, uh, the opposite is almost true with the fucking folklore. (laughs) So the first half of folklore to me, it was just like nonstop, almost borderline nonsensical metaphors being thrown into one verse. Um, God, I wish I could remember the cardigan one. It was like, (laughs) I'm I'm a cardigan under your bed.
1: Please wear me. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah. yeah, and
0: it's like, but that's like the whole fucking song is weird, mismatching metaphors that make no a sense. A lot of
1: that apparently, and again, we'll get into backgrounds here, but apparently she, this was very influenced by film and literature, Jake. So you, wow. plebeian, you plebeian piece of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk course. about folklore for <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, yeah. Right I mean, a second. It's, it's a good shift here. Uh, what did I want to say? Da-da-da. Debuting at the top of the Billboard 200 chart, Folklore was Swift's seventh number one album in the United States and the best-selling album in 2020. Yep. Spent eight weeks at number one, making it the longest-running chart topper since 2017. All of its 16 tracks entered the Billboard Hot 100 simultaneously. Jesus Christ. We were starved this year. <laughs> Damn. That's what happens when you release an album without uh, any promotion and just drop it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's actually a pretty recurring yeah. strategy at this point, yeah. Um, yeah, so this... Reminds me of, like, the other kind of shit that was popular in 2016, um, <laughs> which makes sense because one of the producers, there's, like, two producers. One's the guy she works with a lot, and mm-hmm. the other is the guitar player and part of the songwriting team of The National, which I don't know if you're familiar with that no, band. I'm not. They're just, like, an indie rock band from back in the day. They, they still play. Okay. Um, I can't remember when they sort of got popular, but um, very much that era, you know, the post-Shins, so sure. everything was more, like, pop, Yeah. you know, but... Um, I like the National, like like one of their albums a lot. I never really got super into them, but it's like, yeah, no shit. This, like, sounds a lot like them with some pop electronics sh- thrown in because they're more like guitar indie stuff. Okay. Um, but it's – I don't see on both of them a little bit, but especially this one, is like I was just having such a drag listening to it. Honestly, yeah. and I know it's supposed to be kind of a drag. It's a ballad album. Sure. But, uh, but,
0: like, it doesn't – To me, it doesn't work as a ballad album because it's like this – I couldn't put it into so many words, I guess, but like it did sound like a blast from the past of some sort. It does. This this album, to me, sounds like even older, like maybe even like late 2000s, Mm -hmm. 2007, 8. Like I couldn't get over – So. This is a quick production note on Taylor Swift's stuff. But like most of the vocal stuff is very much extremely dry and up mm-hmm. in your face. No reverb meant to create like a an intimate sound, right? Yeah. Like you're there with her. Mm-hmm. But then like the lyrics are these kind of really vague metaphors and all these things. And towards the end of the album, which I started liking better, is when the lyrics got a little more direct and mm. less like stupid, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But like the the point is like why are you having like this kind of opposites land with the production being like an intimate thing and all these metaphors not being well, relatable?
1: I don't think that's so weird. I mean, look at like Bob Dylan.
0: Bob what? Dylan production was terrible. What?
1: <laughs> well, that's to say, it's very like minimal i I mean i guess i'm just saying like bob dylan's production is very much in your face and dry sure all his lyrics are super metaphorical yeah yeah
0: yeah. i I can see that but like even you know bob dylan has
1: very straightforward songs and all that shit
0: like the times they are changing is very much just like a fucking yeah early shit but
1: definitely later i don't know sure i I, to me i I don't that didn't bug me as much i obviously she's not as good as a songwriter as bob dylan is well her team of nine producers (laughs) uh, or any of the you know, classic folk singers. Yeah. Like, I don't think she's anywhere near that. She writes really catchy songs. Yep. And actually there are some clever rhymes on here too. I found. There are. Um, she, but purposely, apparently, um, this was a shift in her songwriting process because Tell me most of her songs are, you know, they're like pop anthems or they're about, or back in her early days, yep. you know, when her country pop days, it was sort of like, you know, we're never getting back together. Blah, blah, blah. That kind I of shit. I love that song. <laughs> uh, purposely she, uh, had a shift towards uh writing more story based yeah, songs. Yeah. So more most ver- of, most more of verbose. the songs are not about her. Of course she's creating like characters and shit. So it's in a sense it's new for her, I guess, so mm-hmm. I don't expect it to be great. Um but yeah maybe Taylor Swift doesn't need to do that either. Yeah <laughs> yeah, I don't.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess you can try whatever you want. That's cool. Yeah. But man, shit got really popular for
1: how not that great it is. <laughs> but that's how it goes. This is a starved year too, you know. Also is anyone else tired of the whole like everything's lowercase aesthetic? I don't know if you noticed that on Spotify. <sighs> I noticed right, it. But, you know, I noticed yeah, it. Every, everything lowercase. Yeah. It's I mean, more. It's more indie. It's indie. more. <laughs> well, no. It's also more
0: intimate. Yeah. Is you know because it's like someone like you. You oh, do you, you know? under, do you use caps when you are messenger, bro? No,
1: man! And the cover. Yeah. It's like she's in the forest. Exactly. And it's like all grayscale. Yeah. And
0: foggy. I was trying to make like a connection between the term folklore, besides the obvious track that's in there, and like the. Th- themes of the album I guess I couldn't find it really no I think and that, more... there are like tales of different people I guess yeah um definitely no relation to folk music this is about well, as straight up indie ballad as you yeah, get
1: I mean that's I guess it's a continuation I guess because you could say indie is a continuation of folk mm, yeah, and sure. this is <laughs> I guess perhaps the next uh Whoa. era of folk music I've been just left behind <sighs> um Let's go back to Fiona for a second.
0: (laughs) You guys are just going to get whiplash when you're listening to this.
1: Or oddly, like, not similar, but they're oddly easy to go back and forth between. Um, uh, So, like we said earlier, apparently this album is like five years in the making. And you and I talked about this before we started, but reading about the process and her thoughts behind (sighs) making this made me dislike this album a lot more, which shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. No, no, this is our fault. (laughs) This is
0: a Jake and Matt problem, but like just the contrarian in me or whatever just when I started reading up on like you know the stances she was trying to take and that guy, uh, I don't know how to put it
1: um I one thing that like struck me was like she's like I really wanted to use like different percussion and so you used her dead dog's bones yeah for, like, no I don't mind that <laughs> I do <laughs> <laughs> I honestly do this is like some indie hipster bullshit it is which yeah. again reminds me of 2015 yeah, yeah. so
0: it's all coming together <laughs> oh i never or coming not even together. together I mean 2005,
1: 2005. yes that's Jesus. more like it yeah um uh, but I, I'm, she has her vision. I don't know. She mentioned like inviting everyone to her house and they would like walk around and chant and play percussion to songwrite. And it's yeah.
0: like big improv sessions are the kind of the foundation of this. Yeah. Album. yeah. I'm, not
1: dis- I'm not dissing the process, but it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's, just, it's just annoying reading about it. Yeah. Well, and then apparently, um, oh, this is another thing. I. It's kind of interesting that, uh, so, this album was made pre-COVID. Yep. Folklore was made during COVID. The production, so both have sort of interesting production mm-hmm. stories behind them. This one obviously took a long time. Um, it mostly was recorded at her house in, in Garage, garage band, band. Which, whatever, you can do some shit. Yeah, and that's I kind of like its feel on that because, especially her voice, it does sound very dry. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Sort of She's, like right there. It's very
0: much not a big Warner Brothers Mm -hmm, conglomerate mm -hmm. kind of mixing production process, which is nice.
1: She also mentioned, I feel like this is one of those things where artists like say, oh, you know, the magic just happened. I didn't know. I just let it take me. But so she she said she didn't really know how to like edit in GarageBand. So she would just do long takes and hope it worked. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, you could just say that you were just trying around. some shit. Yeah, up. you're just <laughs> fucking around. That's exactly
0: what I'm... When, I, when she said I was annoyed by the stances that she was taking, that's exactly what mm-hmm. I meant. It's like, yeah, it's just... You know, everything was going to work out. I had an idea. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, we just tried some stuff. It was like, no, you're just fucking around. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
1: You spent five years on this. There's no yeah. way it was just Exactly.
0: Like. <laughs> I mean, which is fine. It's all awesome. Exactly.
1: It came out really well. Yeah. Uh, but I, Jesus Christ. <laughs> versus folklore, which... Um, has been praised for its do-it-yourself um, principles in making it. Yeah, I want to talk about that real quick. She built a studio in her home to record this. Yeah. Like a professional That's DIY. Stuff. I mean, yes, <laughs> it, it is. And she hired the best producers, and they FaceTimed and sent tracks back to each other to make them sound not like shit. And, yeah, so uh, those,
0: those... Therefore, these are very similar cases in reality. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 <laughs> Pain uh, and suffering. Uh,
0: yeah, so that's... Fiona Apple, not the Warner Brothers conglomerate or whatever label tasteway assigned to. But um just the, you can just hear on folklore all the different influences from mm-hmm. each different producer it's or
1: whatever. so like perfect and I really hate I and there's nothing wrong with that sound but I hate that they're trying to pass it off as this intimate we're all sitting around like yeah, yeah, yeah. someone put or I think it might have even hurt me like you know this was live it was me in an isolated studio yeah. <laughs> oh look my friend showed up to play harmonica on this oh, track harmonica anyone else want to kill themselves yeah. on the
0: harmonica? <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst possible thing he was that the yeah, one Betty, yeah, yeah. it was like the penultimate track I think or something like that it mm-hmm. was like you made it through what 52 minutes of folklore and then <laughs> fucking harmonica
1: it reminds and that one had too I think it had like a kind of like I don't know if it was intentional but it was sort of a nod to American Pie
0: I almost oh, heard that yeah you know,
1: something like I saw you kissing him or something yeah. like that There's a, there's a
0: little hint maybe even like a bit of yeah
1: it's something like that it was very much like oh yeah folklore
0: folklore oh yeah, yeah that's beginning. right Tom <laughs> McLean Tom McLean that's right yeah <sighs>
1: That it's was just, annoying. I don't know. It's like especially, I mean, here I'm just cuz I got the pages open. If we look at the personnel on the Fiona Apple one, sure. Four person main band. Mm-hmm. Additional musician musicians. We got special effects, backing vocals. Most of it's like there's a whole five people that did backing barks on a song. <laughs> uh, so, but mostly it's four main musicians and then mostly just like her friends coming in and like Fucking around, basically. Sure. Whereas if we go to the Taylor Swift album. Oh boy. We're gonna be looking at some mm. this is this like the
0: fucking Vietnam War Memorial of fucking So albums. again, I'm gonna
1: say how Wikipedia uh, puts it up. Musicians, main band, additional musicians. So on the Fiona Apple, four. Yep. Additional ones. They were like eight, but again, mostly one track, mostly their friends. Fucking Yeah around. yeah, yeah. <laughs> On main musicians for the Taylor Swift one, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 times two, 22 main musicians. Whoa. And then six additional instruments, which seem to be the string players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Woo! Maybe. Uh, Man, that's nothing gives me the intimate feeling like a 28 you know, person. This
1: is really like do it yourself when yeah. you have 22 yeah. people yeah. on your album, <laughs> half of who are famous producers and studio Exactly.
0: Music. <laughs> dude, it's like, come on. What are you trying to sell us for? <sighs> right, She's trying
1: to. Uh, I think it's interesting because they both sort of intentionally or not uh, capitalized on this COVID time. Sure, Fiona did it in a way where she purposely released it earlier than anticipated um, because she didn't want to deal with like having to tour or press because when everything was so unknown. Yeah. Which was good and it turned out to work really well because mm-hmm. it comes out at the beginning. Everyone's like kind of like, oh, we don't know what's going on. Da, da, da. Taylor was made in during COVID. Yep. Um, apparently she had to cancel the first, Fifth tour of her latest album to do this because of COVID.
0: Because of COVID, yeah. Five fucking tours. Five tours. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and put it out as sort of like an intimate. We've all been stuck at home, because this was in July, I believe. Yeah. We're all stuck at home and it's all really intimate and we're all in this together.
0: Yeah, kill me. Just like, yeah, you're in your fucking 30 house, 30 room house or whatever, <laughs> and like you got it. Now you have a giant new recording studio. Yeah, you're just like us, Tay. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Taylor. I kind of want to just touch on kind of ironcladding this point real fast and that one of these albums, for the reasons we listed, or maybe even more, feels authentic in what they're saying, and Mm -hmm. the other one just not.
1: Yes, I would agree. And
0: I wonder how much of that came across without context. Because to me, I was listening to the Taylor, and I was like, yeah, this is all shit I've heard before, and Mm -hmm. it's like all this bullshit. And I don't... I think I connected it to Taylor Swift being fake already, which may not necessarily be the case, but like it, there's something about the combination when I was listening to it initially of this perfect production value, the top, ta- the title of the album folklore and the settings of like these different characters yeah. and all this shit. It's like, this doesn't strike me as someone who gives a
1: fuck. I will say at least, um, in the reception, critical reception to the Taylor Swift. Cause in the Fiona, everyone was just like, this is the best thing that's ever been put out ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on um, this one, mostly people loved it, but then there was a few people who were like, hey, all that, like, it's basically just an indie rock album. Yeah. Like, I don't, eh, you know, yeah. they're all like, she she started as a country singer. This isn't like, Um, I know you have a note, too, about the sort of genre she Yeah, yeah. I did want to talk about that as well. Um, But what were you thinking about it? I'm, I
0: was just questioning, this is along the same lines we're talking about, like, the motivation for doing so. Uh, I can read into it all I want, but it just sounded fake.
1: When yes. I was listening. Yeah. Like
0: this idea of getting more intimate and making really stripped down instrumentation is yeah. barely any presence of drums in any of the mixes, even when there are. Yeah. yeah. So just things like that show me that, you know, she's trying to make this more down home, but then like the other things start creeping in. Like she clearly had everything, every song sounds different, like in terms of, there's no one sound this album has. It's
1: really going for that whole like this is an album, this is an experience, but yeah. it falls flat. It I does. Think, it doesn't know, like make it
0: because it's just too yeah. too varied and it doesn't have one yeah. unified, cohesive yeah. sound. I to mean, it.
1: like in the Fiona Apple one, like every song has a lot of different sounds, but it still yeah. sounds cohesive as an album. Totally. Yeah, this not so yeah. much at all. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's it's just really like yeah, it's very un- inauthentic to hear like. Acoustic guitar and like light piano, and then like the electronic drums come in, and
0: yeah, and then like the light synth
1: pad at the bottom right. And and like we're saying, it's like Fiona Apple found a way to synthesize these kind of arty things with pop things that make them sound more natural. Mm
0: -hmm. Taylor did
1: not, she did not. Uh, It doesn't
0: sound authentic to me.
1: I do want to, I mean, obviously, she was always like a pop artist, but. It's kind of interesting because her first four, five, or first four albums, I think, were more like the country ones. That's when she first got famous, and then she had like she started experimenting a little more pop kind of things and. That was maybe her peak, and I'm doing this entirely based on the, my students wanting to learn her music. <laughs> this is how your timelines <laughs> I mean, built? It right? really is because when I first started teaching, however many years ago, like when her third or fourth album came out, it's like everyone wanted to learn how to play Taylor Swift songs. You know, sure. and I actually like her pop country. I face. do too. Yeah. And then even when like you know like Red and um, was yeah, the 1989 yep. that got like super synth poppy, people were still kind of into it. And then she had two more albums after that, and I hadn't heard any of them because no one wanted to learn them. Yeah, I do remember that one that was on the radio where there was like. Like, ooh, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. definitely don't know and that one. there's like this weird part where she like had a phone call like in the middle of the song. She's like, oh, you want Taylor? Well, that Taylor's dead. Oh, shit. And I'm wondering people were just like, this bitch sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a little bit like, maybe I should circle back here Yeah, this yeah. felt like a return almost. Yeah. It's,
0: it's obviously not the same as, you know. It's Did not, she do White Horse? I can't remember. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Yeah, she yeah, did yeah, the White yeah. Horse,
0: yeah. Did, like a return to that kind of stuff, maybe, but like it didn't feel that way, but we're getting
1: closer to coming full circle. it is I was thinking about this on the way over, too. It's like this is her eighth album, I believe. Yeah. Um and I <sighs> a common like uh compliment that came up with the reviews was that she's really like experimenting with something new here and we've uh, talked about yeah yeah but um and i think it's like you know like pop artists it's kind of a hard thing because you have to sell records that's your entire point of existence <laughs> um but yeah you want to like change it up you don't want to do the same thing over and over again but then i think if someone like and i know this wouldn't happen today it's just is impossible but like David Bowie. Oh my God! He like you know every two three albums just like totally yeah, part, different.
0: Let's partner with uh, mm-hmm. Brian Eno. This yeah album. Let's, exactly yeah. I mean you go from yeah. like pop album you go from like
1: sixties rock to like kind of more glam rock to like weird electronic music yeah. in the span of like fifteen years or something, yeah. and it's all really good yeah. too.
0: And, <laughs> and actually, even like Black Star, which I know isn't like your favorite album, right? I like it. Yeah, yeah. But like Black Black Star is also very much different. And actually. Now that we're mentioning it, almost kind of sounds like one of these, like it has elements of these two albums here. But when was Blackstar? 2018? 17? 17? Maybe even earlier, yeah. Something like 16. that, yeah.
1: Whenever David Bowie died, I yeah, guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it was 2016. But like, it had elements of these in it. And it was fucking four years ago. And David Bowie has done 8,000 different exactly. types of stuff before.
1: And again, it's like, Taylor Swift probably does not have that option unless she were to totally just be like fuck the record companies I'm going yeah, go to go live on strike own. out. Yeah. I don't think she has necessarily that in her to make something like that either but um she is a quality uh, songwriter I would say. Yeah, it, I was, um, honestly
0: a couple times this track I was kind of surprised or mm-hmm. this album I was kind of surprised by her like Kind of her singing ability, too. Oh, yeah. Actually. There was, there was some stuff in yeah, there. No, I heard no. that was like, that's pretty, yeah. there was, I think it was like Invisible String. There was this line, or this melodic line. It was like an, uh, the changes were A minor and E minor, and it hovers around F sharp a lot and lands on the nine at the bottom. And yeah, her that's her cool. She focused a lot on her low register
1: this yeah, time, too. It, well, yeah, well, it's more intimate. That's right. Good point. <laughs> good point. But no, I was impressed by her singing. But like I was, too. Yeah. She's no Fiona Apple. Uh, I think it's the first song on the album. Um, Which one now? Uh, but sorry, the Fiona Apple. Okay, <laughs> uh, where she like holds out the ooh. Oh yeah, that's the first one. Uh, yeah. And then it's like all the weird. It's like super out of like out of tune and shit, and it sounds like really fucking cool. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, it's uh, good. Good warm up. Yeah. Uh. Uh. But yeah, I don't. It's. I mean, I think Fiona Apple maybe is closer to a David Bowie in that sure. sense. Sure. I don't know if she's necessarily breaking new ground the way David Bowie would, but he, David Bowie wasn't either. He was. He was taking stuff that had already been happening at that time and putting it in his name on it. So it got more appeal. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I would almost say David Bowie. uh, Yeah. David Bowie didn't necessarily trend new ground technically, but I would say he created new fusions of ideas. Yes, I would agree. And I don't know if Fianna was doing that necessarily. Um, But uh, it's still, I mean, this isn't a brand new fresh sound from Fiona, but like. It sounds good and it's well executed. Again, yeah, and I do the, like it. The content lyrically uh, is timely considering the crises, crises we've been having mm-hmm. this year or whatever, all this bullshit. And then, so I think that's why I would consider this, part of the reason I would consider a good album, even from a non-straight music perspective. I think perspective. so too.
1: And again, I wonder if it wasn't this year, maybe. I don't, again, I'm not so hip on the new releases. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a really good album. Is it perhaps... The only really good album <laughs> that came out this year, I don't. The only one I, I know, of. <sighs> I don't know. Again, I'm not with it. That uh, so, <laughs> that one
0: fucking Consuelo Rubo Cabo album came out. Oh, this well, year. Oh, well, there you go. That album's
1: tight. That was another thing I was thinking. I was listening to these albums, and I was just not feeling either of them really. Yeah. I mean, I was feeling, I was feeling them, but they, they both seemed long to me. They were both, they ah, both, they both like an hour about. I think Fiona's is a little shorter. Yes, Fiona's yeah. is like fifty something. Taylor's yeah. is like sixty two like, or something. Yeah, hers so, is an hour two. Yeah, yeah something so, like that. You're right. They're both long. They're not, Yeah, and that's not that long. But I, I think especially the Taylor one could have been much shorter. Yeah,
0: I think we could have missed three, four songs yeah. out of the intro. Because for me, time to touch on this. I hated the first half of the Taylor Swift album. <laughs> I don't know why it wasn't terribly dissimilar from the second half. Well, I think it's because you maybe it, it, partially it was the lyrics, like I mentioned yeah. earlier. Like they started to me like the production and what she's trying to say kind of started matching more together mm-hmm. toward the end. But then also. Like, it's just fucking boring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. Nothing ever yeah. happened. Yeah. Well, was, and that's what I was thinking, especially because, like, my fir- first realization on both of them was how much it reminded me of, like, music I listened to back in high school. And I thought about that. I was like, obviously, music goes in cycles, just like everything else, and sure. trends come and go. And I was just like, is this the first time I'm, like, witnessing the revival of a trend that I was alive for mm-hmm. the first time? Oh, you're getting old. I, I thought about that, and I realized it's just like, because I listen is like this is fine, but I don't think I would ever like be excited about this, and it just makes you think of the older stuff, and I was like, man, like obviously we don't talk about pop music much or modern pop music much yeah. um and but it really just kind of settled and I was like, man is this this is just not for me at this point like yeah. i I'm you know it's like obviously people our age are still listening to this and still really liking it, but Dude, I, people I, our
0: age are still reading Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just – I feel bad critiquing it in a sense because I'm just like, you know what? There's literally like – there's nothing really in here for me. True. Oh, yeah, you you're know? not the target audience I'm not the sure. target audience. So that's okay. Like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: But you, we're here to make kind of slightly different – we're trying to we make – We are. We are.
1: And that's why I'm, I do this. But like I don't know. I just listening, to it. I was just like, man – it's kind of a drag that I have to listen to this yeah, album yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. you know he what spouted found I mean? three gray hairs just listening I, to it, man. I don't know. It just was just very like unexciting. Just very just like this isn't really, especially with Taylor. It's just like this is really not giving me anything. Sure, you know? I, I agree with that. I don't think, I don't think I had necessarily a mortality crisis yeah. there during my <laughs> listen, uh,
0: but I did have to fight to get through Taylor and also Fiona to a lesser extent because uh, there were songs on the Fiona Apples I was genuinely excited about mm-hmm. for moments in time Yeah, yeah but even so. when it got to the next track and like some rain dogs Tom Waits yes. percussion started playing
1: <laughs> it is very Tom Waits isn't yeah, it the, the, uh,
0: very strange auxiliary percussion mm-hmm. and like Tom Waits used all like yeah, ethnic percussion yeah. to, for lack of a better word sorry everyone but um used percussion from various parts Dude, of the world didn't use
1: dog bones or trash Tom Waits c- probably used human bones he's that much yeah, of a-
0: yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good fucking point so I was very much
1: reminded of uh,
0: a rain That's interesting, yeah, anything like yeah. that. To listen to this. But like after listening to an awesome song that I loved a lot, my favorite song in the whole album was relay. Mm, that one. Yeah. It's killer. Yeah, that one's great. Love that song. But as soon as it was over and the next song started,
1: like I'm like, Oh boy, here we go again, dude. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here we go. I mean, I feel like Taylor could have been a lot shorter. I feel like Fiona, maybe like one or two tracks. One shorter. track less, yeah. maybe two, I guess. I just, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh,
0: <laughs> I did find the choice of single very interesting.
1: because The single oh, was, was my, a, far
0: my least favorite track of oh, the was it, entire the, album. What was that one? Shamika. I yeah. kind of
1: like that one. You liked it? Uh,
0: she has. She said she has potential, yeah. Uh, 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 I hated it. Really? I don't know why. I, I might have to listen to it again because I only did one listen to Fiona.
1: I don't know if I liked it, but I, that one stuck with me more than some well, of the others for sure. Well, so. that's the one that wanted
0: to make me bring up the point that this, is, uh, this album is, at its core, like a balancing act between... These weird percussion instruments, off kilter melodies, Fiona's strange obsession with mixing duple and triple meters, which is yes. which is cool, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. not not Hayden, um, just like a balancing act of all these weirder elements, and also trying to sell you on this one hook, which works in creative ways, like on Shamika, where the hook is literally that sentence, right, mm-hmm. and it's her not singing, it's
1: talking, yeah, and that's the whole hook, and that's awesome. Yeah, I hated it. I don't know. <laughs> no, why. I mean, that's, I get it. I get it. I, <laughs> I, don't I know. What I understand happened. the criticism. <laughs> I don't know. It just it it did. I don't know if it was necessarily the vocal performance. It's something about it, though, kind of just. <laughs> you liked it? I yeah. was just, I don't know why. Maybe maybe because it's the second track. So you have the first one, which I liked a lot, too. Which yeah, I love of, the
0: first track, yeah. And it
1: kind of went a little wild. So you're like, oh, this is crazy. And then you sort of like track two kind of maybe goes back to Anatomy of an Album. Oh. Uh, <laughs> where it did something different. It brought it down a little, and it went sort of a different direction, but not too far sure. out. So it, it, I guess it kept my interest is why I liked okay. it. Maybe on repeated lessons, maybe not as much. I don't know. I don't know. But that was just kind of my thing. Oh, one of my other favorite hooks in the world in
0: this album. We have a 6-8 meter, right? And the uh, Hemiola, because Fiona Apple loves doing that, the 2 over mm-hmm. 3 thing. Two, 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 two. Ladies, ladies,
1: ladies, 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 ladies. That was like one of my favorite parts of the whole album. That was really cool, and I hated that song. Oh, maybe. shit! Oh my <laughs> I really god! Did not I like love that, that song! song. <laughs> ladies, ladies. That was cool, though. That was really cool. I uh, know, I like that song. Um, speaking of weird things that stood out um i'm not used to taylor swift saying fuck Uh (laughs) (laughs) did she say fuck your mouth at some point i wasn't sure if i heard that no i
0: I think you heard that wrong i'm trying to
1: remember what the line (sighs) was but i know what you're talking about. i might have to look it up because i swear she said so like maybe i I, like no she said fuck your something like i oh
0: (sighs) one other line from uh this shit it's on relay the track from fiona apple Mm -hmm. lyric i really liked in it is uh, to me it touched on like the social media thing a lot, which is like, uh, I blame you, I resent you for being raised right. I want you for all this shit, and then in this great six eight meter again, I resent you for putting your life as a fucking propaganda machine. Right? That was like really fun, cool. Yeah,
1: now Fiano Apple is very talented. Yes, and again, I was not very familiar at all. With her before, like, I've heard a little bit, but not yeah, really. Yeah, I'm familiar with her big hits yeah. from, like, a yeah. long time. She's
0: been around a while. Her
1: last song was 2010 or yeah, something 10 years crazy ago, like that. Yeah. Jesus. She's been
0: around a long time.
1: Ugh. Ugh,
0: And she she is one who, like, again, we go back to David Bowie again. She doesn't change it up quite like David Bowie, because even her stuff, I think she does a song called Criminal, and mm. uh, even that's kind of reminiscent of this album. Okay.
1: It's more pop structured. Yeah, I always knew she was sort of, like, that off-kilter pop yes. girl. She but. that's what she continues to be, alternative pop. Mm-hmm. uh I heard the lyrics slightly wrong. I heard it as "Does she mouth fuck you?" Oh, and it's "Or does she mouth fuck you?" Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I know, dude, that's it. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Damn, Taylor, <laughs> you got does you." Does she mouth fuck you? Whoa, Damn. <laughs> whoa,
0: whoa. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would be sick. Though. Can't take that kind of risk, man.
1: But point being, it still feels weird to say fuck.
0: Well, you want to know why I think it's weird? And maybe it's because I'm a cynical, huge, jaded asshole. Is because I think the word fuck was carefully introduced into that song by a team of nine representatives saying that this is the time for the word fuck. Because their demographic has aged slightly, and they're more mature, and that also it's hard times for everyone, and everything sucks. So now's the perfect time to introduce fuck, because then it'll sell better, and she'll be more edgy
1: of an artist. But Jake, this was... DIY, dude. It was ah! just her, her apartment, her, her little studio apartment oh, with her garage God. man and I'm her like, <laughs> fucking and my own. Like, what? Because I, <laughs> I actually bring that up too. Because if you look on Spotify, it shows which songs are explicit. Yeah. And it's only three of them. Yeah. And it's like the whole album doesn't have the explicit rating, which most like albums would, but yeah. nope, just three. Well, so, I think Fiona's is
0: similar. I think it's only like four or five of Fiona's. Actually, it's only Relay.
1: Really? Yeah. That's interesting.
0: So I think yeah, because I was just talking about that. So earlier. Fiona like Apple
1: fucking, is more wholesome than Taylor Swift, as well Yeah, I'm we getting. live in
0: we live in that world apparently.
1: Taylor Swift wants to fuck your mouth, okay? Oh dude? My god! No, no.
0: I think the the themes might be slightly more mature
1: on Fiona's. Yeah, I would uh, say it's no. just a little bit, just a little bit oh, more like, nuanced. Taylor, Taylor yeah. Swift's little like fantasy or like creative writing exercises, yeah. <laughs> yeah. creative nonfiction writing. Yeah. No, there was one song like the only one that's, like, super poppy and also, like, the worst one. Um, Off of... Uh, folklore. Oh, Folklore, okay. Oh, uh, fucking... Uh, Let it, me look it up real quick. It was... Hate, oh, my God, just the going through The Last Great this. American Dynasty. Yeah. Uh, that one apparently is based on some, like royalty person or something that lived in her house before yeah. she lived there, some bullshit so it's like <laughs> eh, okay the other weird thing too i've noticed um, is that
0: bon ivers on the next track no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um sorry how many fucking versions of this song album there are i did not did know. you notice that no what are we looking at um so there's folklore the standard edition and then there's the deluxe edition oh, that adds I one know. song
0: Okay, wow. Hell <gasps> and then there's
1: the Japanese special edition with the bonus DVD. Then there's compilations, folklore the um uh Folklore the Toilet. The, 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 paper, the, the, yeah. the uh, there's one, two, there's different chapters like the Sleepless Nights chapter, this, oh my the the Saltbox House chapter, the Yeah, I showed up at your party chapter. Um, oh
0: fuck, was that that's Betty, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: got it. <laughs> fucking hate that song no dude. there's
1: like seven different versions of this album and then like you can get like the deluxe vinyl and the deluxe cd and blah blah, blah and all that shit well
0: not to add extra context but like there's just proof that this is a fucking thought out piece of not propaganda but like just a
1: something to made to appeal to as many people as possible Well, on the other thing too and i don't know if this is the case because i heard this actually on the way over about okay. something unrelated but if you release the album in different versions with the same main name, they all count for the same sales numbers.
0: <laughs>
1: What's up, Taylor? <laughs> so if you have seven slightly different versions of the album... Well,
0: shit. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Yep. Billboard's
0: kind of got some work to do mm-hmm. as far as they It's so difficult for them, though. We'll no. have a Billboard episode. Apparently,
1: um, we'll talk about this in a minute, but uh, like a little Uzi Vert or something. I don't know exactly what it is, but I heard he released an album then he released the deluxe edition a week later which had an entirely different album on it as well <laughs> that's fucking awesome it dude. wasn't even like bonus right i was like here's another album but same name basically and that counted for both damn that's sick yeah, so i I'm like thinking that thinking there might be some of that going on right See, here I, I
0: really respect the artists that like use the d- digital I mean, age in clever dude, ways why not yeah. exactly like i can't remember which shitty youtube band did this but they asked i think it was wolfpack Oh, where they had, like, people listening to them yeah, on the Spotify on yeah. silent. <laughs> like, you fucking... I respect you way more for that than any of your shitty
1: fusion. But Spotify shut that shit down. Yeah,
0: but it was so good while it lasted.
1: That <laughs> was really
0: dude. funny. Go, <laughs> I Yeah, fuck yeah. I well, may hate your music, but...
1: But, yeah. Marketing, man.
0: Hell yeah. No. I always respect the hustle. Except for Taylor Swift.
1: <laughs> dude, she's like... That was like the album Dear. of our time. Yeah, our quarantine. This, some Someone said that. It was like this is the the, yeah, the greatest album me. out of like quarantine time yeah, I or you some sent shit. Yeah. This read it. album will like define COVID forever. Oh, yeah, this will be the thing that was put in history textbooks. Well, and that's the last thing I want to bring up. Lasting impact.
0: Mm. Good call. Neither of them will have a lasting impact.
1: That's my theory too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I think they I think the Taylor one will have an impact on pop trends to come. I think we'll see Oh, uh, more artists get a little more down. Yeah, I think down we'll earth. see a little more of that. That could perhaps be perhaps more slightly more of an album focus. I don't. I don't know if I can see that. We'll call it a fake album focus because there this is not and actually. That's a, what I'm yes, looking for. we'll have more artists being like, "Yeah, we recorded this album." Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, we got to get the about album.
0: The, I just read the book uh, Royal. Yeah, Bat-1, yeah. Right?
1: I think we. Uh, yeah, maybe we're graduating out of the uh, Spotify singles age and moving back towards the useless album age, where you have to buy the whole <laughs> CD with 80 minutes of music yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, where the, yeah. The times are coming back to me. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> you're getting old.
0: Is that new gray hair right there? Is that, <laughs> coming, it's coming through your bleed dude
1: <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> uh i think that i think taylor just next out well she had released another one too this year yep i didn't listen to that i didn't listen i don't to want that. to i didn't do the homework sorry i don't want to um i'm not interested after hearing that <laughs> honestly <laughs> uh the Fiona, though i mean i think as far as like indie music goes sure but again i feel i really feel like anyone at least us old folks like me over here i'm sort of like yeah it's good shit that's been done before. Yeah, I, it has, I, I heard agree. it in a while, to be fair. I, I have not heard it in a long time, but.
0: I do think it was slightly different than a lot of the albums I'm thinking of from back then, where the hooks may be a little less um, obvious, I guess. Per- yes. Like, you know, uh, Jamaica said I had potential or whatever. That's literally one sentence by someone talking, repeated. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not really enough to distinguish it in that I sense. I think you're
1: right. I think, I mean, oh, I mean. Like, if I compare, like, Sea change by Beck or something like that. I was so
0: hoping you were going to bring up Sea change <laughs> I love comparing this album to Sea change
1: um, Actually, both of them. Yeah, actually. You compare it, both? It kind of is oh, a synthesis shit. between the two. Weird. Um, I think something that Fiona does that Beck doesn't do much... Oh, granted, I haven't listened to Beck's recent shit, in who knows how long yeah. uh, but since it's not been recent. Yes, yeah, yeah. so, uh, uh, but Beck obviously has all these like weird sound effects and kind of off kilter, like yeah, usually a fun. little more grounded, yeah. But yeah, generally speaking, he's writing verse, chorus, verse, standard chord changes. Sure, it's more textural, weird shit coming in and out of that foundation. Mm-hmm. Fiona's not really doing that, right? These songs really do change from one section to another, like totally. completely. Yeah, almost.
0: yeah, like Relay, for instance, completely drops mm-hmm. the hammer of. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: exactly. a completely different group. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everything's cool. So, yeah, I will give her that. Like, that is different than I think of what yeah. happened in the past a lot. But, um, but yeah, overall, I liked it. Taylor, no. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I didn't have. Uh, there were two songs I liked on the Taylor. I can't remember the other one, but I, I liked. I think it was Invisible String, the one with the melody that's A minor and E minor. The hook mm-hmm. was really nice. Going F sharp and really cool kind of arpeggiation down into her lower register. Very nice. Lyrics started getting more direct. I started, you know, not wanting to die listening to it. But then I started dying when B- Betty came back. Oh, in, so. Betty
1: was really bad, man. But
0: I want to bring up one last kind of interesting point. We talked about how the sound is so much different from track to track on Tasteway's album. But we just brought up C-Change, and that changes dramatically per track as well, but not in the same way. I want to kind of figure out what I'm thinking. Just
1: as an experiment, I want to look at what the uh, musicians on Z Change. Oh, interesting. Let me see how many different musicians. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. I could be totally wrong on my hypothesis here. I think you're right. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven musicians, and then a couple, only actually no auxiliary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's Beck doing most of it, actually. Yeah, Beck plays
0: a lot of that shit.
1: And then. Uh, extra guitar, bass, some clav, and drums. Yeah, essentially, and then a
0: producer. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's actually it. One cello. Oh, uh, there's
0: <laughs> always the cello, dude.
1: Indie Staple. Um, yeah, and I think that's part of like you know Beck's sound. It was always a little more like on the indie side. Even when he is signed to a major label, yeah. it's still kind of <laughs> going for that kind of shit. Um, Which is cool, but the Beck album sounds. It sounds like a Beck album with different people coming in, but it sounds like the same people.
0: Yeah, that's you know true. what I mean. Yeah.
1: So it's like, even if it's like a different, like, I don't know, like the guitar player might have a different tone, but it's still the same guitar. Yeah, different play tuning. Yeah. Or something like that. You know what I mean? I, I can feel that. Taylor Swift has 22 people on her album. Yeah. that's It's a nightmare. Yeah. Having that many people on an album that's supposed to be up close. Exactly. Is a nightmare. Again, with her pop country shit, that makes sense. And twenty two people, cause you have the fucking mandolin and the fiddle. And yeah, all, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like, you got yeah. all the Mumford band. <laughs> yeah, whatever. yeah. No, uh,
0: but like, yeah. And it even makes more sense for back to have more musicians because his album isn't like this intimate thing right see i mean i see change has like intimate songs but it's you know it's this giant heartbreak album yeah and part of it's supposed to be i feel like the kind of grandiose like huge nightmare interposed as just himself right Mm -hmm. so i think it'd make more sense for him to have these dramatic textures more so than taylor
1: i think so too and also production well he does it right where you point out taylor it's all kind of like up front on her voice and shit and Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like oh you know intimate but like and beck does the same thing on sea change it's mostly his voice and his acoustic guitar really like present in the mix yeah and then you have everything else sort of floating in and out behind that and i think that's why that works
0: i agree and that's the same reason i like turbulent indigo you (laughs) jack
1: but no I don't. Maybe, know. maybe that's why you don't like Jimmy Maybe it's you know, because it's similar to Beck. <laughs> I doubt it. <gasps> I think I don't like because it, it sucks. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I don't. I think the Taylor just sounds too. It sounds too processed. It, it. It sounds like it's trying to be something, and that's why I will forever respect her putting out a shitty pop album because that's what she's here to do. Sure. And I can appreciate like some little cool stuff that happens in that shitty pop album. Yeah.
0: I There are uh, like two to three Taylor Swift songs I actually really, really honestly, like. Honestly,
1: her album Red. One day I would like yeah. to talk about her album Red because <laughs> I think it's really cool how it's a pop album that uses a lot of that sort of like u2 kind of style like arena sure. guitar shit yeah and big giant of reverb yeah, yeah and it's all very much like professional studio musicians and everything's to you know quantized the hell <laughs> yeah. but i like how that sounds because at its base it's like these are catchy ass pop songs mm-hmm. i'm not going to take it too seriously this is the opposite of that yeah it's really dramatic <laughs> not catchy pop
0: songs <laughs> that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that are trying to take exactly. themselves too seriously yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bummer so final thoughts Tasteways album,
1: in my opinion,
0: not terrible.
1: Not the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, exactly. Will I ever listen to it again?
0: No. No. I may listen to Invisible String one more time. Okay. Maybe. Fiona Apple, I have repeated a couple songs Mm. of hers on that album. Relay, I've put on like three to four times now. I don't know. I don't know if I'll listen to that again either, though.
1: I don't think I will. If it came on, I'd be like, oh, this album's cool. Yeah. Not I something mean, I'd seek out, yeah. I I probably, you know, should probably, you know, oh, here we go. for all the men out there. I'm uh-huh. sure if you put it on your dating apps. Uh that's <laughs> that's not a bad idea.
0: Good call. But no, it is a good album. I I quite enjoyed it. Regardless yes. of how much the percussion reminded me of Tom Waits, whatever. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's okay. That's not a bad thing. No. I think. Well, now let's move on to our year in review sure. section. Because I do think this year had a big impact on the reception of both these albums. Oh my God. Totally. Um, I don't, I think Taylor's a wouldn't have been made. <laughs> <laughs> They've only <laughs> called it.
0: <them goddamn laughs> I know it had to make one more thing. Yeah, terrible, right. right? But no, Taylor's wouldn't have been made, but even if it was, it, it would have, it would have hit pretty hard in oh, terms yeah. of sales or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, critically. I don't, I can't really predict. I never know what critics are going to think.
1: I can never tell. I can tell. They're always fucking hacks, and they just do whatever they're paid to say.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe I should try viewing it through that lens next time. <laughs> also, we'll do that if you pay us,
1: Warner Brothers. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> man, I just love that new Taylor Swift oh, L- album. J-
0: Did you hear the intimacy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, there's my check. Okay. <laughs> now, uh,
0: so, yeah, Taylor Swift's album... Decent, I guess. May- no, fuck
1: that. I don't know. It would I mean it's a Taylor Swift album. It would sell no matter what. Yeah. If COVID was anything. Yeah. Fiona Apple's album would do well with the indie crowd. I don't know if it would It would, would gotten, never have made it. I don't think it would have gotten a, quite as big as the reception. Because she's popular enough that people would be like, you know, everyone would write a review of it. she it'd be in Rolling Stone or whatever. Yeah. I don't think it would be nearly as, like, a thing, though, if we weren't all stuck at home. <laughs> and, totally, dude. Uh, <laughs> totally. This would not have made it anywhere near the pop charts
0: or whatever it's yeah. on.
1: It would have peaked at, like, 67 or some shit. If, yeah. yeah. I don't even know if it would
0: have made 100, but, like... I don't know. I
1: mean, she's a big enough artist who hasn't released something in a long time. It would have it sold. Yeah. Her, but I don't think it would have gotten quite the same amount of recognition. Definitely not. You know? So... But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's been a weird year, because, obviously... We mostly talk about live music not being a thing anymore, and that's because that's what impacts us more. Yeah, recorded music um,
0: also a steep drop off.
1: Yeah, I again, I'm not usually following at least popular stuff. Maybe more on like the artists I like. I listen to what they come out with, but at, pff, top of my head, I can't think of any artist I like that came out with anything this year. Yeah, the only one I can remember is that Gonzalo album. I mean, um,
0: and I was like lucky to find that too because it was recorded uh, live at the I think it was a Blue Note in February. Mm. And it was like they mixed it and released it in May. Damn, it's kind of a long turnaround actually, but <laughs> I guess it makes sense for promotion. But that's a t- fucking tangent.
1: Um, I used to do this thing where I'd go onto like year-end lists and um, check out most of like you know at least the websites that I or blogs or whatever that I liked. Sure, like I always used to check All Music's best albums of the year. Yeah. And at least listen to everything. I definitely wouldn't agree with them all the time. Um, But in the past, I'd usually heard about the albums coming out or people talked about them. Yeah. This year, I had really no desire to do that. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know. It's just all a bummer. It's nothing. Nothing has come out that I've heard about that has excited me. I've looked at and I've um, even I went and listened to The Needle Drop doing his best and worst albums of the year. Heard none of them. Like, literally none of them. None of
0: them, yeah. It's harder to seek stuff out. Maybe that's, like, a Maslow thing, you know? Uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You're not having your needs met at, like, a financial level or whatever, or whatever other psychological bullshit you want to read into this. Mm-hmm. But, like, you don't really need to spend as much time seeking out music when you have no fucking job.
1: <laughs> I guess. I mean, too, I I do remember when the Fiona Apple came out, everyone was freaking out, and that was very at the very beginning very of beginning. COVID. And, like... After that, I don't really remember anyone talking about... Nope. I remember a small blip about Taylor Swift having a new album, but... I actually remember I that being a pretty big effect. Dude, I yeah. don't remember that at all. I, my students, no one's come up with me like, this new song or anything Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Can we play
0: Betty? I mean, get the fuck out Yeah, you're fucking fired. <laughs> yeah, let's
1: get our harmonicas. Oh, <laughs> no. I don't know. Maybe I... At least from my experience, I haven't really... Not that I've talked to that many people either this year, but like I haven't really heard people talk about new music much.
0: And this has been, uh, I've read a couple of different kind of articles from, I guess, technically more worldly sources, I guess, like a, a big newspaper, right? Like a New York Times. Mm-hmm. And how th- I've read different perspectives on this and that either live music or not live music, sorry, recorded music and the music industry in general have a huge resurgence after COVID, uh, which is possible. Yeah. But like another option is that it's, this is just ushering in, it's quicker death. Or it's quicker because the music industry will never die, per se. Sure. But I don't personally think it's really sustainable in the format it's in. It's in like we're in this hellhole of digital yeah. devaluation and like live acts charging $160 yeah, exactly. for a seat. It's a coma dome, dude. But, right. So is it ushering in the kind of change that the music industry will need to survive? And that'll be really painful for everyone. Or will live music and recorded music make a huge resurgence after COVID?
1: I mean, I got to think locally, it's like I'm sure. It's unfortunate because yeah, people are so like, oh my god, when things are over, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like spend every night outside. Yeah, like, yeah, that's all I see on my Facebook. I, I, I like, don't, oh yeah, which obviously is not two weeks. Good. You're going to be yeah. back to ditching <laughs> well, out of my show. Come on. I, I, well, but I mean that's the thing. So I think people will want to go out more at <laughs> least initially. But like all the venues are closed now, dude. Yeah, we're not coming back. The only ones that are still alive are like the Tacoma Dome, exactly. And exactly. it's like even like a, um, I don't know if
0: Showbox is medium sized Showbox Market. Sure. Uh, even a medium-sized venue like that is relying on like public funding. Yeah, GoFundMe, exactly. even before COVID.
1: Yeah, that's true. I but mean, like this is a, that's more of a Seattle thing, I think. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I feel like venues close in LA and New York. Well, I just mean like Seattle. Our showbox having a problem because of where it's located. Oh, hell and, like, oh yeah! Good shit. call. Good call. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah. Well, I wonder. Like you're just saying, if it's covid ends and all the venues are closed except for key arena and what does that mean what at, well it means the artists can tour and they can be like oh it was a hundred dollars now it's two hundred dollars because you all really want to come out to my show so bad because you want something Demands, to do yeah. and there's no other option that's interesting
0: that'll be it, I so know. i guess when the vaccine starts rolling out and all the anti-vaxxers eventually get over it um when we have herd immunity it'll be really interesting to watch what unfolds and i think you and i should pay close attention when that happens mm-hmm.
1: and really try and see what's going on right, it'll be interesting i don't know yeah i don't I, who
0: knows what's gonna happen
1: i don't know I, I even here in seattle it's like so many venues have closed there's yeah, not there's gonna be that, that many left
0: yeah and like
1: we'll they look. might new ones will open i'm sure but eventually yeah
0: there there might be like a five-year like who knows? downturn yeah. who, knows? who the fuck knows these fucking economists that write for new york times about the music industry don't fucking know No one knows. But I I do think it's an interesting thought, like, which way is it going to go? Because
1: it probably will only go one of those two ways. Probably. I mean, it's definitely not going to be the same. I I don't think there's a middle ground here. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, maybe the music industry will die. Good riddance. Hope you had the time. (laughs) 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 Billy Joel, wait. Uh, oh. <laughs> they also released a new album this year, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I did. did you listen to that, bro? No, but apparently they came out and marketed it. it was like, no Swedish songwriters, no computers. I kind of like that. Fuck it. It's like, God, fuck it. But you know they have four producers, so Green I don't understand. Day, shut up. Green Day, just
0: end already. I do like this uh, Billy Joel Armstrong
1: thing. Uh, I'm going to start yeah, saying that just it. to piss people it off. It be your cover man, Billy Joel and Green Day songs.
0: <laughs> oh, wait, no, cover like... Fucking 21 Guns in the style of Billy Joel. (laughs) One, 21 Guns. Uh, You could
1: do like American Piano Idiot. (laughs) Don't want to be a piano idiot. I want to have sex with women. (laughs) Piano players don't do that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, (sighs) Yeah, but honestly, this year, I mean, we've bitched about it enough. Musically speaking, I don't got much to say about this year. It sucked. yeah. I have, I guess, a positive note. Oh, great. Our rants have been much
0: fewer and far between. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> I said far, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, much farther between. We haven't had the live show Living Nightmares, and the times we have was us right after playing a live show that was very yeah. rare in 2020.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if there's like a conclusion that could be drawn yeah. from that.
0: Here's what the conclusion really is. Is that being a musician at a local level sucks ass. Where you're trying to make money as a sideman, especially in a city that's a little smaller like Seattle. Mm-hmm. Like, I did it. It sucks. <laughs> I'm looking to not do it. <laughs> yep, yep. But in a positive note, no stories about car crashes in the middle of fucking nowhere. No U-Haul breaking down in Montana. There's no fucking guy says he books us a hotel, a hotel room for each of us and we all have to sleep in the same room. Shit like that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, no fucking cat hairs on cat pee on the bed that this guy put out for me in Youngstown, Ohio.
1: Shit like that. I'm hoping to go back to what will music be like as we move forward. Like, at least maybe on our level, it'd be nice to focus, to get to be able to focus on what we want to do. Yeah. (laughs) And I think this year has at least given us the opportunity to think about that a lot more.
0: I agree. And also, like, the ability to shape your life
1: around it yeah, more. Yeah, I mean, that's true. If you can live right now, then...
0: Exactly. Like, I am I probably
1: lost a little money this year. Sure, yeah. But I
0: have worked, like, not at all. I think between my church job and my... I accompany ballet and then teach one and a half hours a week of lessons.
1: I think that's, like, 10, 11, 12 hours a week of work. And I'm, like, breaking even-ish. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. If this is your base, if this is, like, break-even point well, that gives you a lot of freedom to fill yeah. the rest of your time with stuff you would rather do or yeah. not do, but if you need money, you can. Like Exactly. Yeah. And then the whole,
0: there's a big notion of, you know, your parents want you to save and then buy a house and then have two kids and all that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, the planet's dying, two kids, yeah. all that shit. But, um... To do that, it may be interesting to try to acquire that not by playing three hundred and eighty shows with other bands, but by trying focusing on investing in your own projects. Well,
1: there you like go. Like even
0: on like a actual investment level, like spend
1: five grand in marketing or some shit. Yeah. I mean, at the very least you'll be less miserable. That's true. Different
0: yeah. models. Yeah. This is this is what it's gonna that's my new year's resolution is to try out new models of my life and not only will it hopefully net me money, but like more importantly,
1: like hopefully fulfill me slightly more artistically. It is interesting. This is uh, I'm sort of comparing it to like a uh, class conscious thing here, but like you'll see this a lot because obviously even major label record uh, artists yep. are not making that much money in music either, and they've spent the last ten or fifteen years finding other ways to make money, or yeah, Halla release Merch, albums yeah. or stuff like that. And in a sense, sort of like that information is trickling down to our local level. But the rules don't apply the same way to us. It's like, cool, you know, Radiohead released their album this way and it worked really well. Well, they have, you know, 20 years of a major label behind them. Exactly. It doesn't really apply to you. Yeah. And so maybe this is a good thing that we don't really have major artists happening right now because then you said, yeah, maybe it's better to invest in yourself and think of ways how you can make that work. Yes. Not based on what yeah, someone else who has infinitely, it, infinite more resources than you. Exactly.
0: And that's you're right. It's the class conscious mm-hmm. note. Radiohead uh, fucking band had so much support throughout its entire history. Exactly. Right? Uh, we don't have that. Yeah. And, you know, we could try and get it, I guess, but like the, the thing is, a lot of those bands are legacy.
1: Well, that's the thing. If they did nothing different on their... If they dropped a new album and did nothing besides put it in a record store and do a standard like ad campaign... Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't make nearly as much as they used to, but it'd still be more than any record yeah. you and I would ever
0: like make. Like, but in a thought experiment, mm-hmm. bear with me, Radiohead is a band now. Hmm. Uh, in the U- UK, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like in... They start out in the UK. They're trying to come up as a grassroots band. I don't remember how they they started out on a
1: label. Actually, I mean their debut was. I don't know how they got. Sorry yeah, how remember, they but, got yeah, to yeah. that. Yeah.
0: So like what yeah, that it, was
1: pre indie records. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. What's what's like their path now? Probably more similar to what we're gonna try and do now.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, yeah.
0: you have to invest in yourself now. You can't send demo tapes to labels anymore. Well, you can't. No,
1: Radiohead. I mean, even if you could play shows. Radiohead's only option would be go online, play, put all their shit online. That's right. Spend a lot of their own money to record an album that five people listen to. That's right.
0: Put it all on Spotify. It's devalued. No one will ever buy the record. Exactly.
1: And people love that band. That some of people's favorite bands, and they wouldn't exist today. No, they would just (laughs) stay in their fucking little city and never get out of that. Well, what's what's a band that
0: exists today then?
1: (laughs) 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 Well, let's talk
0: about. We mentioned them earlier, but like a band like Wolfpack, maybe.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they got started. I don't know anything they're, about them. They were
0: started on YouTube.
1: Mm, well, there yeah. you go. Yeah.
0: So they created again. I will always respect Wolfpack for their hustle. They created their own place digitally in mm-hmm. the marketplace, and they're you know fairly virtuosic. But more importantly, their videos are very high
1: quality. Sure.
0: And they invested in their material. Well,
1: There you go. Then, huh? So. That's true, because you can be like, oh, well, Wolfbook did this. Like They just made a video of them in the studio having fun and you out. Bullshit. They have
0: eight camera setups, exactly. dude. They, edit, they spent probably 40 hours editing one video. Exactly,
1: and that's what I'm saying. That's the mindset. So some assholes like you and me be like, oh, they did that. Yeah. Well, we got an iPhone. Let's we shoot got my friend's it. Yeah. garage. Hell yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you know. know. It's funny, because we've literally done that. Exactly. <laughs> we put it online, and no one gives a shit, and no one ever will, and they shouldn't. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so,
0: like, <laughs> I agree. So I guess that's kind of... So my takeaway and your takeaway
1: seemingly from 2020 is that I think it is. Yeah. Just focus on you. Focus on you and be the best you.
0: That's right. Put out the best art you can produce. And I'm seeing this post kind of float around Facebook and it's all an annoying Facebook motivational thought pictures, bullshit. I hated everything, but apparently the director slash producer or whatever from Queens gambit, the hit Netflix show, (laughs) (laughs) I just felt the need to explain that. Uh, he apparently after the book came out some 25 years ago shopped this around to producers mm. and uh, yeah probably. label stations labels wow uh, like stations and TVs and all this mm-hmm. shit for like 20 years and finally found a home in digital media like yeah. now yeah so all this time he f- he kept with it and tried to keep investing in himself and
1: I mean that is you know that's the thing they say and like I don't know how true it is, but it seems true that if you have a good enough, idea or product or whatever it somehow it'll somehow and it, it could happen after you're dead it dude. could it could it's how it used to be man i think you know i mean it is like it's like a one percent of all the music made in the world like how much of it is truly great <sighs>
0: yeah. out of all the yeah out of all, all like, the music uh, that's popular in the world uh, how much of it is uh, great yeah, yeah i mean that
1: too but just like the ones that actually get to that level it's very small percentage you know like well it's getting smaller too and it's getting smaller mm-hmm. and so it's that whole luck and contacts and who knows navigating and just business sense but also Deep down, it's like these people usually believe in what they're doing and like actually are writing music that means something. Because man, I know Taylor Swift like is a started as a pop artist at like seventeen or whatever. Yeah, her yeah. dad was like with the record company, totally had everything handed to her. But you know, I believe she wrote those songs. I do, and, and I believe she was like trying to like be like, oh, I want to sing. Now I don't know, but like, <laughs> now she's just stuck in the machine, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly, but,
0: <laughs> the, and. The, I, I don't want to like denigrate her as a person for that. Mm-hmm. The machine
1: is brutal, oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've all heard about Britney Spears, and <laughs>
0: that just happened this week. Actually, there was a. Uh, there's
1: another thing that happened. <laughs>
0: well, no, it's kind of a continuation. Like uh, a judge awaits an appeal from Britney Spears' team, mm-hmm. but like it was the the judge said that her father has to stay on.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. But he's.
0: It was. It was based on like a. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, okay. Based on some. Not a technicality, but, like, it's open to appeal. The judge said he would be open to revisiting the case under different circumstances. Okay. So I'm guessing, like, the legal team for Britney attacked kind of the wrong spot. Mm. And there might be – there's hopefully still light somewhere because, like, I'm on team Brittany, dude.
1: I mean, who isn't, man? Who
0: I don't know who isn't. <laughs> who the fuck isn't? Your
1: dad sounds like a total scumbag.
0: He's a nightmare. Yeah. So – and, like, didn't – I'm trying to remember. Did Jamie take possession – or take uh, – not ownership. Wow. Custody – of britney spears is i can't remember how this worked out
1: maybe we'll do a britney episode <laughs> maybe dude i mean maybe dude. it might be
0: interesting <laughs> i mean i i hate her father enough to do a britney yeah, episode hell yeah
1: artist profile number two britney spears that'd be an interesting mix what is the first one two live crew well i guess kerufi i think was her first oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> interesting hmm. a pedophile to a child star just like that wow i don't want to th- wow but what's two live crew I guess that was our, that was like, are they good or are they yeah. terrible? That's yeah, a little yeah, yeah. different. <laughs> the, the answer is both. <laughs> oh, but shit. Well, I'm depressed yeah. about this year. Yeah. Any rants? Well, what the fuck were we just doing for like 20 minutes? Let's see. Do I have any non-2020 related rants? No. Uh, I have shout outs. Sure. I would like to shout out, uh, last week we were featured on a podcast.
0: Yeah. Why don't you tell him
1: about uh, it? By The Zim and his podcast, Word on the Street. Um, He hit us up and we talked about kind of the same shit we talk about here, I guess. (gasps) Yeah. Uh, But someone else was doing most of the talking, so it was better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll probably hate us less, (laughs) would be my guess. But no, uh, he had us on. We talked about
0: ourselves, our histories, kind of Mm -hmm. our our upbringing in terms of music, Mm -hmm. and then we talked about our place in the local industry, and then also how our podcast works.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And what right. we do. Yeah, so you want some behind the scenes. Go
0: check out Alexander Zimmerman's Word on the Street, episode number 211, Somehow, Someway. Someway.
1: It blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, he also, it's primarily focused to Seattle Music, so if you're a local listener. Hit him up. Hit him up. Go. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, he's a cool guy. Check him out. Yeah, it was really um, really fun hang, I think. The other shout-out I want is, and this might be a person people already know about. I only recently discovered him, but a professor named Philip Tagg. Don't know him. He is a theory professor in England. I don't know where. I don't know if he actually teaches at a school or if he just, like, goes around and does talks. Just himself out, yeah. He, um, if you're interested in some of our more uh, nerdy episodes... You should check this guy out. He founded an organization that's essentially tries to put theoretical analysis to pop music or popular music, I should say, but not in a dumb Adam Neely way. Really? Yes. He's basically he's written a bunch. He's created new Dude, terms. We should
0: interview this guy, man.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think he would talk to us. <laughs> uh, he's uh, just really interesting. Uh, he's come up with like yeah new terms and language to describe some of the stuff that you know you and I have talked about or you know, tried to yeah. tried to talk about. Um, Really smart dude, just knows a shit ton about music. Got a bunch of like lectures on YouTube. So cool, Philip Tag, check him out. T A G G T A G G. All right, he's also a boomer, so some of his lectures, he doesn't know how to work his computer, (laughs) Uh, and it's but it's kind of endearing. I don't know. Okay, (laughs) okay. He's cool. He's cool. Check out Philip Tag. All
0: right, tight. I like it. Mm -hmm, mm I'm definitely gonna check him out. I've Mm -hmm. been starving for like actual theory content on YouTube. Yeah, yeah.
1: I haven't gotten. I haven't delved too deep in him, but he seems to be trying to like not stupid. Uh, like the video I've been watching, he—I mean, we did the whole Adam Ely response video. He straight off the back goes, "Euroclassical refers to this. This does not apply to anything else that I'm going to talk about." Yeah, and it's just like, okay, solid. that was easy, solid, <laughs> like, done. Yeah, it's just like we're looking at pop or rock, not euroclassical. It doesn't make like doesn't yeah, mix that way the, the, exactly it, yeah. like yeah
0: they use the one chord
1: yeah damn I mean, he even brings up like Indian music and shit and he's like. This is a different thing.
0: Uh, Wait, I thought you didn't know about Indian music, you heathen. Oh
1: my god, you're right. I'm racist. Right.
0: I hate Adam E. Like, uh, just such surface level bullshit. I hate him. He probably actually knows a lot too. That's the sad part.
1: Hey, guys, got to make a buck. That's right. Here we are being real. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, definitely real talking to you all. What? Six listeners on YouTube and 30, 40-ish everywhere else.
1: Love you guys. Love thanks, you guys. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. Thanks for listening this year. Yeah. Keeping us a little sane here.
0: Yeah. What have you been listening to?
1: I've been listening to the Sonic Youth album, Confusion is Sex.
0: I like it.
1: <laughs> I think it's like their second album. They're very raw still. It's very much, you know, it's still just guitar, bass, drums, vocals. and But it's all, yeah, I guess you could call it rock music, but it's mostly them just being like, here's a dissonant chord and doom and obviously it's like recorded through a potato it is yeah. it is but man if you want to i've been in like a bad mood all the day so it's been really nice all listening to that yeah. shit <laughs> all the day <laughs> how about you well
0: I'm, I'm i'm gonna do something i haven't done in a while and give two for the end of the year special why oh, not all right so the first one is everyone's favorite ecm label oud player <laughs> ravi abu khalil
1: and he I can prefer be- um, Anwar Brahim yep. actually. Cool. So
0: <laughs> well, you're stupid
1: then, because no. my oud player is way better. Should we have an oud off? Ood off. <laughs> oh,
0: the red nosed reindeer. No, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, is that better or worse than my layman pun from a couple episodes ago?
1: Maybe your goal of the year should be. the red-nosed reindeer (laughs) remix album (laughs) of these two
0: guys
1: (laughs) that'd be fucking nasty dude i'd do it
0: so uh everyone's favorite hood player uh rabbi abu khalil the flood and the fate of the fish an album from last year oh okay. yeah he's had a long career too actually Mm -hmm. i'm trying to remember when blue camel came out like 92 maybe he's been around for an eternity and it's another good one um this one is a little more focused I would say so a lot of Arabic music in general is much more melodic driven mm-hmm. and this album is just a representation of that but interestingly enough he also sings in three different languages on this album oh, that's and cool. it kind of brought to mind like how different consonants work with different timings and like the effectiveness of like an open vowel sound at this time versus cuz you know I can't fucking understand what the fuck they're saying in any of the languages speaking so it really brought to mind like how vowels interact with music
1: and it was just kind of nice listening to that. And also, compositions are cool. It's kind of like that off-screen song that we talked about, which was also trilingual. Oh, my God. Oh, the German at the beginning. That's right. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck
0: are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about, you fucking idiot? But that's one of them. Uh, Rabi Abu Khalil, The Flood and the Fate of the Fish. No, I'm not looking at my phone to look at that right now. Nope. Um, the second album... Actually, I have to look at it, too, because I'm actually so stupid that I don't remember the Notorious B.I.G. album that's super famous, and it's called Ready to Die. Are you ready to die now? I'm ready to die. But I love that album so much, and fucking Biggie's one of the greatest. Oh, yeah, dude. Ever. Yep. Where's, he's east? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's east coast, yeah. Anyway, love that album, Ready to Die.
1: I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die. 20, well, 2020's over. guess we'll hear you, or you'll hear us in the new year with this episode. Yep. Uh, Bye, everyone. Bye, <laughs> everyone. <laughs>